Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris or Velo Sos, and you're listening to Sew Organized Style Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. It's Friday and it's the Sewing Save series. Sew Organized Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognizes the continuing connection to lands, waters, and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. A big sponsor shout out goes to our two podcast friends and sponsors, the Australian Sewing Guild who has been our Monday Daily Series regular is now a sponsor of Sew Organised Style Podcast. Go to ozsew.org to check out the online workshops, sew-alongs, skills library and more. Our second sponsor is Tatiana's School of Couture as she launches it online. Go to her website to see her new online sewing classes and patterns. Welcome back to Sew Organised Style Podcast. It's Friday and we're continuing on with the Sewing Save series because Katrine of Mending Mayhem is here with us and she's going to share her experience and advice about purchasing secondhand notions. Let's say hi to Katrine. How are you, Katrine? Hi, Maria. Thank you for having me again. I'm really excited to tell you all about buying secondhand sewing notions. Yeah, you are the expert, I think, with all of your experience. And I think you were telling us earlier on how you started your journey shopping for secondhand notions. Yeah, that's something I learned from my mother-in-law, Mary. She was very dedicated in going to flea markets in Oslo, in the capital of Norway. And she was a master of getting very good prices. And we were very good friends and going to flea markets together, even age difference is over 60 years. So she sounds like an expert negotiator. Yeah, she got all the good stuff and knew all the good flea markets. And do those flea markets still exist? Yeah, because it mostly was uh, schools. Oh. Many of them still exist. And she wasn't so much for secondhand shops, but uh, did the flea markets when in the autumn and the spring when the schools had flea markets. She went to everyone or the better ones. Well, the better ones, that's good. Yeah, she knew which one was the better one and which one had rubbish. So, of course, she went to the good ones. I also found my first sewing machine on a flea market and I paid like 100 Norwegian kroner for a very good singing machine. 100 kroner is like 10 American dollars. Oh, that's a good bargain. Yeah, I only need to buy a screw for the needle for it. So it was working very well. I used it for many years, but it didn't have, have any free arms. So I got a new one. It was an old fashioned that you put in a table. It was a table machine and you, you could put it inside the table. When we moved here to Ondalsnes, there was very few secondhand shops. Actually, I think there was none. And flea market was not a thing here either. It was still a bit shameful to buy secondhand stuff. And being in, not in a big city, things work slower here. But luckily, now things have changed and we have several secondhand shops. So I think that's a very great change. So are you going to share some of your knowledge about buying through secondhand shops, yeah? Yeah. So where I find my craft supplies secondhand is at uh, the secondhand shops and flea market 
and I look for Facebook groups that sell stuff and other places online like eBay and Etsy and such. Okay. And you all know craft supplies are very expensive. So you can save a lot of money and you can save environment and you can find special things like vintage and so. I very much like vintage sewing boxes and I have a few. <laughs> By a few, how many do you mean? Six sewing boxes, but it's like old. Okay, vintage. I have some others that are just boring, normal. <laughs> <laughs> but what I look for when I'm going to a secondhand store for fabric, I look for bed sheets, duvet covers, curtains, or tablecloths. I always look for like quality fabric. It should be cotton, linen, or wool, or sometimes I also look for denim. But you must make sure it uh, has hole or smells in it. Mm. Before the COVID pandemic, I would advise people to feel them, smell them, and yeah, use your eyesight. But uh, you need to be careful in these times, so don't stick your nose into the fabric. Follow the guidelines in your country. Yeah. Be careful. But if you buy a fabric and it smells like mold or mothballs, leave it. Or if it's very worn, has worn areas, and you can see it has holes and so, just leave it. Because if it's so worn, it will not be good to use. It will be at the end of its life, so it won't be as strong as it was when it was first made. Yeah, that's right. The cotton will dissolve by time, too. I like to find the wool blankets that they can felt and use for mittens, for example. You know, Norway is cold, so we are going to have winter and we must have mittens and warm wool clothes. I don't think you have had trouble in Australia, Maria. No, we don't. <laughs> and not for very long either. But we use a lot of wool here in Norway, so I'm always looking for wool. When I look for denim, I try to find jeans that are a large size because they're more fabric and most of the time the same price. I used to cut them up and make patches or sew anything like project bags for my knitting and crochet and a lot of other things. I made aprons and I made aprons from curtains for my sister that I have embroidery on that she used in a flower shop. Oh, good. Yeah, she really likes that one. When you're buying wool, you need to make sure it doesn't have moth holes. You don't want to have moths into your home. Unless you're very dedicated to mending and want to mend a lot of moth holes. I don't want moth holes in my clothes. No. Or not in my wardrobe. And then the other thing too is if it's got moth holes, you don't know if there are larvae in the fabric, so you're better off just leaving it. Yeah, that's what I thought. And you can also buy sewing thread and embroidery thread and crochet yarn and knitting yarn. But this can't be washed. So I usually put them in the freezer like for 14 days or a month at least. If it looks sometimes when I know where it came from, I don't need to do that. But, you know, mostly I don't know. And then I will put it in the freezer just to be sure. Okay, that's a good technique. Yeah. And you need to check the thread when you buy a thread because if it makes a crisp break, if you pull it, then it's okay to buy. But if it like dissolves a little bit or pulls apart slowly, then you shouldn't buy it because it's then dissolving. And you can also buy darning wool. And when I get home, I've been out buying secondhand items. I put everything I can in the washing machine 
and give it a good clean. Now, for like sewing boxes and darning mushrooms and so, I give it a clean with the soap and water. I clean absolutely everything. And do you have a special washing technique you use for fabrics? Uh, no, I just put them in the washing machine and washing them like a special program for cotton and so on. We have our own program for wool so it wouldn't shrink or felt. But if you want it to felt, of course, I put a higher temperature on. And um, for uh, some of the baskets, I used to buy baskets for a project. I always have a lot of baskets. And then I use a compressed air can to get uh, dust from uh, all the small places you can't get to with soap and water. You don't need to have a big compressor. You can buy a can of uh, compressed air. From a hardware store or something like that? Yeah, a hardware store or where we sell electronics. Okay. Uh, sometimes if you buy very cheap ones, they can have water in it. So you should check that you don't get water to something that can't take water. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise it could ruin it. Yeah. If you use it in your sewing machine, for example, it's not a good idea. Exactly. And what about embroidery frames? Do you have any advice? Yeah, I uh, buy embroidery hoops. And I also buy frames that ha has a uh, needlework in it. Mm -hmm. And you can use them as embroidery hoops. And you just take out a picture and they come in all kinds of sizes, small and large. And they're often very cheap. But embroidery hoops aren't if you're buying new ones. So you will get a good bargain for that one. And when it comes to embroidery hoops, do you prefer wooden or plastic embroidery hoops? Depending on what I do, mostly I use the plastic because they're smaller. But a good quality wooden hoop is always something I would treasure. But a lot of the hoops you can buy on eBay is poor quality, so I don't buy those. They will break when you try to tighten them. I don't know if you had that experience, or maybe I was just unlucky. <laughs> it could have been luck. I've recently bought some embroidery hoops for a neighbour of mine who does mending. And I got them from yeah. a local sort of resale place here. And she's quite happy now. She's just about to start some mending of her own. Yeah? Yeah. She's been following me on Instagram. So as soon as she's done a few things, I'll send you some photos. So listeners, they'll probably end up being on Instagram at some point soon. I'm looking forward to that. We ha I have a Facebook page too, and uh, there's a gr group you can post your pictures to if you're not on Instagram, but on Facebook. So, Katrine, what's the name of the Facebook group? It's uh, Mending Mayhem to It's uh, with uh, my Facebook page. Okay. So, if you find my Facebook page, Mending Mayhem with Outer Space, yep. then you will find the group too. Great. And there you can ask for advice or show what you're working on. And it's easier than Instagram because you, you can post a picture of what you would ask a question about. How can I do this? And you can post a picture and you can get the picture in comment in return. So it's easier to see what you can do, but easier to show people how to do things. Mending Mayhem, all one word, on Facebook. Also, all the sorts of things you can buy is uh, storage for your uh, sewing supplies. My sewing room, it's all used furniture from a second-hand shop. 
the large desk shelves, um, a lot of sewing notions, of course. And you use mason jars as your containers, don't you? Yeah, I like to use mason jars because you can see in them. And I also have one with a pincushion on that I made several years ago. It's one of my favorite. And then I have thread in it for the sewing machine and pincushion on top. I also, other things I found is the tape measures, uh, quilting rulers, needles. But uh, I don't buy needles for my sewing machine because I don't know if they've been used right. So oh. unless it's an open package, I don't buy them. It's very sad to ruin your work with a shitty needle, right? Don't want to put work in it and the needle is making it all bad. So the advice there is if you find sewing machine needles, if it's a new packet, you can buy them. But if it's an open packet, you don't know if they've been used or not. So it's best to buy an unopened packet of sewing machine needles. Yeah, it's my advice, but of course you can buy it if you like. Yes. I also found a lot of vintage stuff and buttons, lots and lots of buttons. I love buttons. I remember playing with my grandmother's button when I was uh, young. It was one of my favorite, like treasures, diamonds. I actually have a few of our buttons now. Wow. So I always look for buttons. So would you advise people to only look for buttons that they can get quite a few of or the unique one-off buttons? What do you suggest? Mostly you do need more than one button, but I buy both. Like if I find a special one, I will have it. But uh, I recommend if you're having it for a project, make sure it's more than one, like six or five or something. So we have enough for a project. But of course you can use several different buttons in one project too, if you like making it a little more fun and festive. I always say buy, buy the rare stuff, the things that no one else has. Like I found bone crochet hooks last time I was in a secondhand shop and I only paid a half dollar for it. Wow. And they were made out of bone, you said, bone crochet hooks? Yeah, probably whalebone, I think. I have uh, knitting needles from my grandmother her father was a captain on a whale ship and he brought this to his wife, my grandmother's mother. And now I have this one and they look the same like whalebone. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's no way you'd find them now because people are so against killing whales. Yeah, but this was like over 100 years ago, so. Exactly. And they are already made, so. I used uh, them for knitting earlier, but uh, now I'm afraid I'm going to break them, so I just don't use them anymore. But they were really good for knitting. They sound like museum pieces, things that you would see in a museum. Yeah. It's good you covered the sewing machine needles, the threads, the frames, the buttons. Oh, elastic. That is something I never buy because um, they will be like rotten when they're old, you know. They don't get so stretchy, and we all know old underwear, but the elastic is gone, right? Yeah, that's right. So never, never buy elastic. Then, But zippers, on the other hand, old zippers are much better quality than nowadays, mostly. So if you find zippers, buy zippers. Yeah. Darling mushrooms. Yeah. 
So can I ask a question about zippers? Yeah. Do you prefer buying secondhand zippers because they've usually got metal teeth? Mostly newer zippers are not that good quality either, but I prefer if I find uh, metal teeth zippers, they're better. Okay. But there was very little zippers to find around here. But sometimes I'm lucky and find zippers and then I buy a lot. And another good tip is I usually buy things and think, oh no, I don't need all this. And then regret it because I think it's something I will use anyway. And then they sold out. So make sure you have enough. Because secondhand shops, you don't know what you will find. It's like a treasure hunt, right? Yes. So if you find something good, buy it. Also, you can buy darning mushrooms. What about scissors? If you find fabric scissors, you don't know what they've been used to. You know, fabric scissors should only be used for fabric. You agree on that? Mm. Do you keep your, your fabric scissors in a special place so no one uses them? They're in a special place in my sewing room. My husband does not come into my sewing room. I make sure that in the kitchen there are scissors there that he can use. So we, we never have a dispute. I make sure there are enough scissors around for no one to take my fabric scissors. But I've heard about people putting locks on their fabric scissors, actually, because their family uses them. So buying a used fabric scissor might not be a good idea. It's ruined when you cut in something different. But if it's cheap, you can give it a try if you like but it might not be good. Embroidery scissors, you might manage to sharpen and use. They doesn't need to be that sharp for cutting a thread. And we have a mothball smelling fabric then. That is something I would leave if it wasn't a very special fabric. It's very difficult to get the mothball smells out of fabric. Have you had any experience about it, Maria? I avoid anything that smells like mothballs, so I and so I have no experience in being able to get rid of the smell. Do you have any experience there? Yeah, it's almost hopeless to get a mothball smell out. Sometimes I find something that I really like and I would like to try, but I think it still smells a little bit of mothball. But you can soak it in equal parts of water and vinegar, or you can put it in a washing machine using vinegar instead of detergent. Or washing powder. Or you can put it in a plastic bag, putting baking powder inside and uh, tie it off. So, or leave it inside for a week or two, but, or put it in the freezer or hang it outside on the, the clothesline. But really, it's not worth the effort. I'm really pleased that you talked about buying old threads and how to figure out if it's a good thread or a bad thread, because people have different ideas on the quality of threads and old threads so your advice to see if the thread if it's a crisp break it's okay to use but if it pulls apart easily it's probably at the end of its life so I think that's a really good rule or a good tip that you've shared with us. So far I mostly found old thread that's actually is good and I have some really old from my mother-in-law and from my grandmothers, and they're still uh, good. But uh, I heard another tip. I don't know if it's working, but to say put the thread in the freezer for a week or two, and it will be better again. 
I don't know if this is true, but I heard people doing this. I never tried. I can ask a question of Juliet, who lives here in Sydney. She did a couple of podcasts with us uh, about threads, so I'll put that question to her and see what she comes back with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to her hearing your answer about it. Yeah. People do have different experience with secondhand, so... People are not always agreeing on things. It's also depending on your personal experience, right? True. And not all the secondhand shops are as good, especially you can find some that is very smelly and a little bit dirty. You should avoid those, I think. In a previous podcast, you mentioned that people who live in your area will bring you clothes and sewing notions. So do you have any advice there? What do you do? I always ask to sort through the things myself because people who doesn't sew or mend or being creative doesn't always know what we can use. They often toss away things that I would have kept and will give me the things I would like to toss away or send to a second-hand shop. I don't mind a T-shirt with a hole or a spot because I can cut it out and use the rest. Uh, Or a tablecloth with a large stain or something I can use because I will use it for patches or smaller projects. And it's things people wouldn't give me if they sorted it themselves because it had a stain. When you are given tablecloths and things like that, are there any that are your favourites? I like vintage tablecloths very much. I always look for them in second-hand shops and I feel like I need to save them because people have spent so much time making them or crocheted doilies and um, handmade items. So it's something I feel I need to save and I like doing it, mostly. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, a lot of this information that Katrine has shared with us today in the podcast will be in one of her blog posts that I'll have a link to on the podcast webpage. And Katrine has a lot of experience when it comes to buying secondhand fabrics and notions. Katrine, again, thank you for coming back on to Sew Organised Style podcast and sharing your mending mayhem experience and tips with everybody. Thank you so much, Maria, for having me again. It's lovely to talking to you. And I hope everyone will think about buying secondhand notions next time we're looking for something. And when it comes to mending, we always say mend, don't spend. So buying secondhand helps us keep within our budgets, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Saves you a lot of money to buy secondhand. You also save the environment. So it's a win-win. It is. Thanks again, listeners, for coming back and listening to Katrine of Mending Mayhem. And have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of Sew Organised Style Podcast, Sewing Save Series, was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, with permission of Katrine, sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to Sew Organised Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, CastBox and Lipson, our podcast distributor. Post any questions or podcast suggestions you have on our podcast Instagram account or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.